Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us, you ain't Hello and welcome to our final episode of season one, episode 21 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaline. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and we are talking about all things Blazer basketball. I have no updates on the Blazer standings. Unfortunately, the season is still over, but we're going to talk about the offseason. We're going to talk about potential free agent situations, trades. Maybe we'll touch on the draft a bit, and we'll talk about what else is happening in the NBA. Before we get to that, we do have a few pieces of recent news for the Trailblazers. Um, not so much in the standings department, but Austin, you got some updates for us? Yeah, um, well, so obviously we've all heard of uh, Mr. David Vanderpool moving on to uh, bigger and better things uh, in Minnesota, um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, whether or not that, that was much bigger or much better. Uh, then there's the Blazers broadcasting team, uh, Lamar and Kevin and others uh, taking home an Emmy. Observed. Uh, so yeah, and then and then we have Dame and CJ. A um, little bit older news, but um, definitely formally confirmed as it being in attendance at the USA uh, camp uh, of the twenty uh, gentlemen that'll be there. Uh, those will be the pool of, of selected talent that the uh, final roster will be selected from. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna just uh, some of the some of the headlines that have been bounced around here in recent weeks. Yeah. So. Around the NBA, I guess the NBA Finals are going on right now. Something like that. I don't know. Something uh, like that. Austin, why don't you fill me in on what's happening? Because I have no clue. <laughs> Honestly, your guess is as good as mine, buddy. I uh, <laughs> I got the first couple. I uh, watched the first couple and started my new full time job. Uh, it's been a little bit more difficult to catch them, but um, you know, I actually went back and watched that uh, replay and highlights uh, of what, what was it, Game Five last night, I believe. Yeah. Uh, game five, where of course the the narrative that's been pushed is is KD returning uh, too soon from his injury. Uh, so best of luck in his recovery, and uh, you hate to see a player go down like that. Um, and you know, I actually uh, quoted a tweet on my personal account last night and said, you know, I actually was one of the people who even floated the idea that oh, maybe this is a value thing. Yeah. Maybe, man, I wasn't I wasn't going to go as far to say that this was just flat out a fake injury, but. Um, I did ask that question where it's like, uh, could he maybe return a game earlier, you know, than, yeah. than he was. And, and, uh, I mean, we got our answer last night and, uh, unfortunately, you know, that's usually how it is, right. Almost with anything in life, it's usually the, the, the simplest answer or the simplest, uh, rhyme or reason typically tends to be, uh, the rhyme or the reason. Uh, and he was not healthy. So that's the story that we got. And Although there are, yeah, that's what came to fruition, and really, it looks like a torn Achilles, and yeah. we're we're hoping that it's not, but it yeah. sure looks like it. And yeah. I saw the the replay zoomed in real close, and you can see what definitely looks like something popping up, up like moving up his calf, essentially. Yeah, pretty uh, weird. So. I don't really know. I I still can't really make sense of that. Just watching that video several times over, it doesn't. I, I, I'm not I really I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm looking at. I see the wobble and whatnot in his leg, but yeah. Oh man, that's it. It makes it tricky because there's a flash of a camera right when it starts, and so you're like, wait, what am I really seeing? It's it's a little confusing. But regardless, man, like 
Hoping for the best for Kevin Durant. I mean, I've talked multiple times about how he's not my favorite player, but I mean, the game of the basketball is better when Kevin Durant's playing. Yeah. And I want, I don't wish injury on anyone, no matter what. And yeah, just hope for a quick recovery. I think he's going to be getting max money regardless. Um, at the very least, I think the Warriors. I don't know. Can you say that though? To... Can you say that anymore, dude? What's his name? Uh, Bob Myers, Golden State Warriors GM, mm-hmm. was like crying over feeling guilty about Kevin Durant. He's like, "This one's on me." There's uh, no way he's not going to uh, give him max money. He's There's crying because no he he's crying because now he's in the position of deciding, "Do I want to pay this dude max NBA money?" And then he's never the same player. This is one of those. This is one of those injuries where players. We heard it when Kobe went down with it, you know. And, and who knows? We still have to find out. If he really, I don't know how responsible it is to to be going down this road, but if he really yeah, had yeah. that injury, uh, hoping it's somehow right. Not. But yeah. there are players, and I I've never experienced that injury. I've never really known anyone super close to me that's had a torn Achilles specifically. But um, from what I've gathered from from the mainstream media, which tends to embellish things, most players don't come back from that player that that uh, injury a hundred percent. You know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had some decent examples, I suppose. Wesley Matthews was... Here's the thing. If Wesley Matthews gets like $80 million off of a torn Achilles, Kevin Durant's definitely getting more than that. Yeah. So people are talking about, oh, this is ruining... Like, okay, it's, it could ruin his career in many ways, but he's still going to get paid buku bucks right now. Yeah. There, if, if people are going to snub their nose at Kevin Durant giving him a max contract... Someone else is going to take him up on it. Even if Kevin Durant ends up going for the to the Clippers when he wanted to go to the Knicks, yeah, whatever the case is, yeah. I assure you he's going to get a max. That's contract. that's true. I just man, my worst case scenario mind just thinks, wouldn't that suck to be one a fan of one of those franchises like the like the Nets or like the Knicks and just be like, all right, we got him now, <laughs> and he just like just yeah. isn't able to be the same player. That would be so deflating. Because that's some of these yeah. franchises, Christian. We haven't really thought about it this year because that's not really something we've crossed our fingers for. But some of these franchises have seriously, in the back of their mind, this entire season held out for Kevin Durant. Even, I mean, Lake, Lakers yeah. do this with just about anybody who is a B level or or more superstar. <laughs> but even Lakers fans I know are saying, "Oh, we might get him. We might get him." You know, imagine imagine yeah. being, you know, the Knicks. Well, I can't imagine being a Knicks fan anyways, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's just tough and uh, definitely gives you a different perspective on, on situations like this going forward. I, I'm not going to be quite as, uh, quite as pompous in my assessment of whether or not a player should be ready to go. Yeah, I, I think most likely, um, obviously there's going to be a lot of implications on free agency with whether or not Kevin Durant is going to be out all of next season or what that looks like. Hopefully not. But I think most likely scenario, he's going to stick with the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to feel some sort of guilt. I mean, they've gone to the finals five times in a row. I think they're going to want to just stick together and be like, hey, we're in it together. Um, As much as there's been animosity potentially between KD and Draymond or uh, the rest of the team and, you know, it's, it's KD's show. Let's see where he's going next year. I think that they'll just stick together and be like, if we don't win this year, we don't win this year, but we'll s- still be together next yeah, year. That kind I have of a, I have a pretty strong feeling you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a... 
I mean, obviously, it's not all on them. Uh, I saw something that said it's up to the team staff to determine you cannot play because the player is almost always going to want to play yeah. no matter what. Like, Clay Thompson wanted to play, and they didn't let him play one of those games. It's it's the same way with almost everyone. I mean, you could argue uh, not for Kawhi, yeah. and that's worked out for him long-term so far. But, yeah, I mean, the player is pretty much always going to want to play. There's With Kevin Durant... There wasn't any question about the money. I, I mean, I guess with a long-term injury, that's that's the biggest what-if. But he's going to get paid no matter what, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the rest of the series, we've been, we've been on the Kevin Durant train, mm-hmm. which makes sense because that's the big news right. right now. But this series, Kawhi Leonard has been a monster. Yep. Somehow the Warriors won it last night. The Raptors missed a buzzer beater because... Draymond Green tipped it when Kyle Lowry shot the three. Oh, okay. I really think Kawhi should have just... I mean, okay, I say I think Kawhi should have done this. Kawhi had two of the best defenders in the league, Klay Thompson and Andre Iguodala, double-teaming him. So, I mean, there's not much more he can do. Uh, But I I still would have probably had more faith in him driving than... Yeah, I mean... Shoot, I would Kyle Lowry got blocked. I, it's not on him. But I'm a big Kyle Lowry hater, so I'll, I'll talk trash on Kyle Lowry any day. Well... Yeah, I actually really like what he's done these playoffs. I would say that Van Vliet and Kawhi... No, Van Vliet was... No, yeah, he, he, he slumped a little bit too. It's interesting because the two guys that, in my opinion, really carried or were rocks for the team earlier in the playoffs, Van Vliet and Kawhi kind of slumped in the first couple games, I think. Um, and then now they're back. Um, Marcus Saul kind of picked up the slack in those first games, I believe, the first game or two. Obviously, Pascal had, I think, the, the one of the best playoff games of his career in game one, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I, I – Masai Ujiri, man. That GM over there in Toronto is unbelievable. Um, I was just sitting in, in, in a work meeting yesterday, and, I, and a guy that I had not had the opportunity to meet before – was just chopping it up about basketball with me, and um, I said, he said, you know, what do you think about Nick Nurse? He's, I mean, he's got to be a coach of the year. You know, he's fantastic. I said, you know, Nick Nurse is awesome. I really like his pedigree. He's a great coach. Um, but it's a player's league, and I would even go as far to say that it's actually the guy who puts the players on the court's league, and that's Masai Ujiri. And... Uh, Ironically, yesterday afternoon, there was a headline I saw in the gym that, that said, should the Wizards offer Masai Ujiri a uh, part ownership stake to entice him as a GM for the Wizards? And first thought across my mind, absolutely. He has put together guys on that team like Fred Van Vliet, um, a aging Marcus Gasol, um, even guys like Norman Powell, I saw Norman Powell uh, a little bit in the highlights for Game Five. Um, he had a good past couple seasons in Toronto, and I hadn't really heard too much about him. But then I watched those highlights last night. I was like, "Oh yeah, they got this guy," and it's just kind of wild um, how they've put together a championship contending quality team, uh, and. It, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, you had, you had discussed how Kawhi should have done this and, and, and Kyle should have done this, but um, 
really, if the ball's getting shot by any of those guys in the remaining in the remaining uh, seconds of the game, you're not in the worst position as a Toronto Raptor. Um, and they just let it slip from them. If there's one thing I'd want to discuss, it would be Demarcus Cousins last night. How did you How did you feel about his performance? Demarcus Cousins. I can't even think of what he. He did killed it. Game. He killed it in the first in yeah. the first quarter or two. I was watching those highlights. I was like, oh my goodness, this, it looked like vintage uh, boogie. But you could tell he kind of lost a step on the block, and he's not really he's not really yeah. packing it quite as much. He's kind of just doing a little finger roll. But then he just kind of shot them almost out of the game in the remaining quarter. Yeah, I mean. They were trashing on him the whole time. They're like, Demarcus Cousins, he's not showing up. It's like the dude is coming off an yeah. injury, and and he didn't he didn't start the game last night. They had uh, Kevon Looney starting, mm-hmm. I think, and then I what's his name Bogut got minutes before oh, Demarcus goodness. Cousins did even. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be an awkward position to feel like you're in. But hey, you know what? That's that's the finals, and we got Game Six coming up on Thursday at yeah. six p.m. Um, that's so gonna be... Warriors have a chance to close out an Oracle better than they did before. We'll see. Yeah, well, so that, well, no, because they'd have to win in Oracle, and then they'd have to close out in Toronto, right? Yeah, but yeah, for the closing game at Oracle instead uh-huh. of Game Four, where they had their fans leaving early and all that, like uh, now they actually have a chance to have a good game to finish off the, yeah. the arena. Yeah, we'll see. Yes, but, and then the and then if it does go to a Game Seven, that's on Sunday at five. Yeah. So, but so hey, a couple things about the the series. Uh, one last night, I okay, I heard this. And I can't find the statistics on it. I'm trying to figure it out. But uh, I heard Siakam was benched like the last five minutes of the game. I've been trying to find something to confirm that. Uh, but that's just crazy to me. Because Siakam, even if he's not shooting well, his length is enough to just disrupt things for the Warriors regardless. So I'm a little disapp- disappointed by that uh, coaching decision if that is in fact true. I can't find confirmation on that. Another thing, how about everyone's opinion on Kawhi Leonard like literally everyone's just decided Kawhi Leonard is Michael Jordan and it's like where did this come from the dudes won one NBA finals and now everyone's losing their minds because he almost beat the Warriors so far I mean he's probably hopefully gonna beat the Warriors when, when was the last time it's though, just that insane how quickly everyone's like oh Kawhi Leonard greatest ever narrative superstar where it's just them and then the guys. LeBron every single season. Dude, Kawhi's team is better than, like, all of LeBron's teams. No. Y- uh, yes, a- I would say aggregate, yes, but LeBron always had a second superstar. And I mean, Siakam's been playing amazing, and Kyle Lowry's good, so them combined, I'll call that one superstar. I, and, and, I'm, and I don't disagree with you. And this, and we are we are people who watch the NBA with a somewhat watchful eye. But at, in terms of the main, you're you're asking you ask the question, why is everyone making Kawhi Leonard out to be Michael Jordan? It's because he doesn't have a Dwayne Wade. It's because he doesn't have a Kevin Durant or a Steph Curry. And Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry don't sell. Yeah, and and, and so, relative to the yeah. Warriors, what they have on their team, yes, he he yeah. is doing it with a lot less than what the Warriors have. Yeah, absolutely. But to your point, people need to start giving Pascal Siakam and some of these quote unquote other guys more credit because Pascal Siakam was the G League MVP two years ago, and now he's here making a case to be a Finals MVP candidate. Um, so. And, and yeah, the Raptors have Serge Ibaka, who yeah. I don't think he was defensive. Maybe he was defensive player of the year like six years ago. But um, they have a lot of good pieces. They have Van, Van Vliet, who's 
one of the contenders for six man of the year the last couple yep. years. Um, he they have former All Star Mark Gasol, who uh-huh. obviously isn't in his peak form, but he's still pretty dang good. They they have plenty of really good pieces outside of Kawhi. So I I'm not discrediting Kawhi. I think Kawhi is amazing. I think um, if it weren't for last year being out most of the year and all the conspiracy about oh is he just you know screwing Trying over the San Antonio Spurs yeah, yeah. Um, if it and and obviously the whole Kevin Durant situation is just acknowledgement that hey let's stop trying to force the players to play because they might get injured even worse yeah. um, but Kawhi is amazing Kawhi is a top five player in the league easily but it's just everyone went straight to dude the way he plays defense and how clutch he is he's just the next michael jordan it's like okay guys like relax this is one playoff series i get that it's the biggest playoff series but you won't even give anything to lebron and he's been there eight straight times i mean obviously that's an exaggeration like people respect lebron but the amount of crap that LeBron gets compared to how people are treating Kawhi right now is ridiculous, and he hadn't. Well, even in, in in those people's defense, a lot of people like to say, myself including, that oh, LeBron takes def- takes possessions off on defense now. You know, he's he's getting old. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, he's still the same player, or not the same player, but you know, he's he's still just as effective on offense. But I think all things considered, all things considered, I think. Kawhi Leonard, as of right now, is the second most impactful player in the NBA. And the first being Steph Curry. That's that's because mm. one point is worth two, and one point is worth three. <laughs> one shot is worth two, one shot is worth three. And it, so here's mm-hmm. here's the thing. Which game did uh, did Clay Thompson sit out? He sat out one of the um, sat out game one of the games this series, right? Four, three, three, I think three. Game three, when when things turned around, yep, when things turned around and the Raptors started playing good again because um, the Warriors won in Toronto and it's like okay, I guess the Warriors are gonna win them all now. That was not the case. The Raptors won two straight in Oracle, which was awesome. But Clay Thompson sat that second game and Steph Curry. Uh, didn't look like himself. He well, okay, okay. I take that. <laughs> Without even looking at the stats, I realized what I was saying. Steph Curry yeah. went off, but he wasn't able to win yeah. the game. He he had forty seven points, eight rebounds, seven assists, but he wasn't able to win the game. And that's one thing where Steph Curry is deservedly two time MVP. He's changed the game. He's the best shooter ever. Um, but I just want to point out, Clay Thompson is i don't it's so tough to say because so many players on their team can be considered underrated because they have mvps on their team draymond green's amazing but he's not as amazing if he's not on the warriors clay thompson might be nah he's 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 at his best on the warriors but he'd be really good on so many other teams too but the fact that steph curry has clay thompson who gives just like just as much pause to the defense from deep three-point range and plays effective defense so Steph doesn't have to as hard. Steph is extremely blessed to have Klay Thompson on his team. And if Clay's not on his team, I think Steph is pretty much Damian Lillard or Trey Young. Um and that and that's not I mean Trey Young I guess is pretty far behind right now. Um, I but Trey Trey Young's on his way up. But I I think if Dame, if you trade Dame and uh Dame and Steph, I think Dame is 
looking at pretty much the same legacy as Steph Curry. I think I think Steph completely changes the way teams play defense. I think he's I I, I think he's. But he's it's the perfect complement of each other. He he like the fact that he opens the floor so much is mm-hmm. insane. And but he's, he's and able. I th- and I think it's important to note that he he is a movement guy, and Clay is a spot up guy. Yeah. So that that and it's so perfect them. together. But uh, it, it's it's like just Steph, what he can do, is so perfect for what the rest of the team does. But if the rest of the team didn't consistently hit shots, Steph probably wouldn't have the leeway to take the shots that he does. Dame takes the shots he does because he's hot. Well. Um, and I mean, this is just hearsay. You know, this is just he says, she said. You know, ultimately, we're gonna find out when these guys break up. However, it happens. <sighs> Trailblazers. I am just looking forward to what this team is gonna look like next year, because with the current makeup of the roster, I could see Neil Olshay just trying to get one or two of the guys that we got back, uh, that we had last year, get them uh-huh. back, and then draft a couple and call it good. And I'm not totally opposed to that. Um, I think Terry Stotts would be content with starting Dame, CJ, Evan Turner at the small forward, Mo Harkless at power forward, and Zach Collins, or my probably Zach Collins at the center. Uh, Stotts seems to not really trust Myers. I can see him being content with that because Terry Stotts likes to start Turner. Turner does pretty well at defense sometimes, and Stotts likes to run the offense with Dame and CJ running around um, with, with Turner bringing the ball up the court. I think we have a good team regardless. I don't know for sure that those 10, 10 players that we currently have are a playoff team with a couple rookies. Okay, I, I think we're a playoff team, but the West is so dang tough. But with getting, if we can hopefully get Rodney Hood back, then I think that is enough to, to put us over the edge to for sure be a playoff team, and anyone else we get is just going to be a compliment to that. And the su- Well, the biggest what-if is when Nurk comes back, because... Without Nurk, Zach Collins gets a lot of time to get better, hopefully, and yeah. a lot of time to get comfortable. But if it takes us 20, 30 games to get into a decent rhythm of winning consistently and winning more games than we're losing, uh, it's going to be tough to get a good playoff spot, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I think that I think it would be pretty tough to um, get it. You're saying get a playoff spot next year? Yeah, without Nurkic, because you look at the, the Lakers – Okay, of course, I'm, I'm talking about the Warriors. I'm talking about the Lakers. I want to talk about the Blazers. But if LeBron doesn't miss those 17 games, the Lakers are probably going to the playoffs. And so if Nurkic misses, what, 20, 30, 40, maybe even more games, that's going to be a huge deal. Zach Collins is really good, and I think he's going to be able to show that, and I think Myers is going to get really good playing time, and he's going to wow us. I think Myers is going to wow us quite a few times. But it's also possible that we go the trade route, which we'll, I'll talk about in just a minute. But this Blazers team is going to struggle to get good playoff seeding without Nurkic on the team. It's going to be a good team. It's going to be a fun team. But if Nurk's not there, it's going to be tough to consistently be good oh, until he comes back. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. you got to have more faith. At the beginning of the season, you were, I mean, you were saying we might make, make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. Now we win Western Conference Finals, man. Come on now. I okay. I I they have the potential. I think especially. I mean, shoot. First off, I'm excited. If if Kevin Durant is out, hope he's not. But if he is and he's on the Warriors still, 
The Warriors just got one less guy on their team. And the West is completely oh, open. They're, the West they're is not probably gonna, the completely Warri- open regardless. The Warriors are, will not be... I can't tell you how or why, aside from everything that we've already discussed, but the Warriors will not be the same team next year. And I'm, Dude, am I going to be able to root for the Warriors again? <laughs> I decided when Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, because I'm, I'm from the Bay Area originally, I decided I will no longer root for the Warriors until they are no longer Western Conference champions. That could start after next year. We'll see. Um, but... The, I don't think the Rockets are going to be wow. winning the West. You're, you, um, were, so. you were really waiting for him to get down in the dumps, just not make the Western Conference. Wow, that's a terrible, what a terrible standing to, to have as a as a first-round playoff team. <laughs> Look at you. So yeah. so righteous in your in your following and your pursuit. All right, I don't even know what you're saying. But, yeah, um, I, I just thought it was ridiculous that a freaking MVP joined another MVP and the winningest team in NBA history that already had four All Stars on the team—it's just ridiculous. well, and I was and, and I, I'm not—I was just saying that yeah. you had mentioned well when they're not a Western Conference team, I'll, I'll root for them again. And here we are as Blazers fans, where it's like, okay, that would have been, you know, 19 years of going without rooting for us if that was the case. You know, it's it's just funny the different oh, the different yeah. standards no. for franchises is just hilarious. You know, it's. It's, yeah. What a what a struggling franchise to not having made the the Western Conference Finals. Okay, next year's going to be fun regardless. I don't know who the Knicks and Nets are getting. I don't know who the Lakers and Clippers are getting. I don't care. Um we'll we'll talk a little bit about that anyway, but it's going to be fun. The West is going to be pretty wide open in my opinion. Um unless like Kawhi and Clay both go to the Clippers or something, then they're probably going to wreck. But Dame, CJ, Moe, Zach Collins, and Nurk when he gets back, that's going to be a good team. If we, I'm really rooting for Rodney Hood. I think there's a chance we could get uh, Ennis Cantor. I, I think his market value is above what we can give him, but there's enough good centers out there and not enough cap space out there that we might be able to get him again because I'm looking at the teams. There's like, you know, what, five teams that can give out max contracts, like three of them that can give out two of them, uh, and the amount of players that are deserving of max contracts the biggest factor is going to be how many players re-sign with their current team because Mm -hmm. those teams don't have cap space like regardless but they're able to re-sign their current players so if jimmy butler and tobias harris stay with the 76ers if Kyrie stays with the celtics which i really doubt um if clay and durant stay with the warriors which i'm guessing they both will if middleton and brogdon both stay with the bucks then there's going to be a lot of teams with a lot of cap space that are going to settle for lesser players. Um, so that's where I'm hoping that some of those guys go to other teams so that there's less cap space to go around and the Blazers can keep Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor. Otherwise, I think we're definitely going to lose them. Uh, I, I Dude, think I wouldn't be surprised if we lost all of them. Seriously, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost every single one of them. If we lost Rodney, if we lost um, Cantor, and we lost Seth, would not be surprised. Yeah, I think we're definitely losing Seth regardless. He's going to want a long-term deal, I think, um, no matter where he goes, just because he's moved around like every single year. Um, there there are decent free agent options out there that I can't assure you will, will be cheaper than Rodney Hood or Ennis Cantor, but some of the guys are old, some of the guys have red flags, um, but they could still play a really good role on our team, and we have a decent enough team that we could take a couple of these guys and they can play meaningful minutes. Uh, there's Wilson Chandler, Trevor Ariza. I'm nice. guessing he'll be out of our, our price range, Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Stanley Johnson, he's 
hasn't really shown his potential, but he's still pretty young, so he might get money elsewhere. Uh, Jared yeah. Dudley, the the Morris brothers, Markeith and Marcus. Uh, I think Marcus yeah. is definitely going to get... Well, dude, if, if Markeith isn't on the Blazers, then he's... Okay, wait. If Markeith is on a team that is not the Blazers, he will beat the Blazers because Markeith always does that. Except in <laughs> that Thunder Blazers. series. Yeah. We were able to get him. Yeah. But yeah, Markeith always screws up the Blazers somehow. Um, Miritich, Wesley Matthews, bring back Wes. Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks. Like, all these guys have a market value that's probably higher than minimum. But there's, well, there's and now, just and, not. And Portland just put on a big commercial. We just had a big advertisement going this whole postseason pretty much yeah. saying, hey, come here. We are a, we are a contender. Exactly. Four, four players that are going to be minimum contract players, I think they're going to be more open to the Blazers than they would have before this offseason, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Because they see Dame's leadership. They see that there's other pieces around. They maybe see that with Nurk out for a lot of the season, maybe they're going to be able to get some more playing time that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, so I think as far as minimum contracts go, we're going to be a marquee destination. Um, and it sounds like I was I was reading through some of the some of the minute markers for Team Mom and Meringue's uh, podcast, and they touched on whether or not Jake Lehman might be staying and. Uh, a couple other free agency options and they talked about how we might be able to move some some uh, contracts around to allow a mid-level exception um i don't i don't know how that would factor into our free agency but I, it sounded like that might allow us to pursue people who might not have to be in that minimum contract and maybe just something a little bit above that i, I don't know i'm still working on educating myself in the money side of this business yeah R- regardless um we're not going to end up with a lot of cap space no matter what, um, no matter what trades we're able to get done. Right. We're not going to have a lot of cap space. Um, and so for me, the ideal person, no matter how much we can pay him, is Rodney Hood. He's the ideal guy. We we need another wing, uh, whether Moe's starting at the three yeah. or the four, we need someone to start at the three or the four also. Um, if we can somehow keep Hood, Aminu, and Lehman, that would be ideal. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think we're definitely going to keep Lehman unless somehow some dumb team tries to throw $30 million at him or something. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think we're definitely keeping Lehman, and that alone is going to be good for us because we'll have another, you know, 3-4, and then we're going to have a couple draft picks. That's going to put our roster at 13. We're going to j- just have two slots other than that. So... Hopefully Rodney Hood, maybe Aminu, maybe another guy like Wesley Matthews, Wilson Chandler. That would be great. But Well, and, and I don't know how much more you wanted to discuss that, um, but I just had a couple more points here that I wanted to touch on, uh, even a little bit more uh, Blazers uh, focused as we as we stray away from these offseason moves. Um, someone who has left us here recently, Mr. David Vanterpool. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that a little bit at the beginning. I, 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 I'm confused, Christian. I'm very confused. He went to Minnesota uh, and is now being named an associate head coach. It's Dude, I mean, okay, he's deserving of whatever kind of promotion he can what? get. What? He, he is deserving. That, like, he's yes. a good coach and Which deserves is why, to be a head why is coach. He? Yes. It's, it's much like... A dang lateral transfer, which is ridiculous, because he has That's deep roots exactly. in Portland. Dame and CJ, exactly. at, Dame adores him. 
the whole team just loves David Vanderpool. It's, it was a lateral move. Yeah, I mean, he's a now associate head coach, which means just enough for us to take him away from the Blazers because he's basically the defensive coordinator is my understanding. Like, if this were football, yeah. he's the d- defensive yeah. coordinator. He's not going to yeah. be the main guy. They still got, what, was it not Ryan Saunders? Flip yes. Saunders' son or whatever. What's his, what's uh, that? Okay, you said that's Flip Saunders' son. That's my understanding. Where, I wonder what his professional background is. I should look more into that. But yeah, I just, I just, I understand also from an employment standpoint, they must be looking at that where, you know, he, Vanterpool probably has his own agents that are saying, you know, people around the league, if you, if you don't move this offseason are going to think that you stay there because that's, you know, uh, the only place that might see value in you, you know, that people want to see improvement, whether or not it's big or small. But, um, yeah, that just that's from all the for all the talk that we heard about him all season, it just seemed a little bit deflating and anticlimactic yeah. to uh, hear that that's where he ended up. Yeah, it it sucks that he's off the Blazers. Um, it, it makes sense that the Timberwolves would want him. It makes sense that plenty of teams would want him because he's really good. Um, and the Timberwolves have had issues with their young players. Um, Carl Anthony Towns with you know being motivated, being focused, not just worrying about video games and being a kid. Um, so I mean, David Vanderpool, he, I mean, from my understanding, he took Damon CJ under his wing. He was a brother to them, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think they're gonna be wanting some more of that on the Timberwolves, which he's great for. Um, but it's just sucky that he's gone and he's not even a head coach. Yeah. yeah, and then so now, uh, just real quick here, uh, the the last two things I want to get into before I got a quick little pickup game of my own, um, Blazers broadcasting getting getting an Emmy. Yeah. Um, what do you any thoughts or on that? I had seen a, an article written by Mr. L. Hotstetler on Blazers Edge, um, and he had just referenced that the the award was for best sports program, live event, or game at the Northwest Chapter of the American Academy uh, of TV, Arts, and Sciences uh, in Seattle this past Saturday, potentially yeah, two Saturdays ago. I'm not sure, but yeah. what, are, what are thoughts and comments on that? I mean, it's much deserved. I mean, they're, they're great. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, I'm guessing they're up against, like, the Mariners and a bunch of college right. teams. That's my and understanding. That's yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking too. It's like how stiff is that competition in the Northwest, right? We, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to pull I up mean, the nominations right now. It's not working for me, but um, that's my understanding. Is they're probably against, you know, and, a couple other. I'm. I mean, Seahawks too, and Seattle are, Storm is there, and all that maybe. But is there even a? Uh, local broadcast, a live Dude, local yeah. broadcast I don't for the think Seahawks. That's the thing for the NFL is that? Shoot, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. It's like those games are so few and far between. The you know uh, ESPN or ABC or whoever has that contract now, uh, Fox often I believe uh, they pretty much have a monopoly on that. I I thought so. Coming from a coming from a town where this is our main professional sport before the Timbers, and then our. A closest major city to us doesn't even have a team, a basketball yeah. team, and so I, the team I was they able to find have, yeah. the nominees. So was, there's quite a few. There's Timber Soccer, Big Sky Football and Root Sports, Mariners Baseball and Root Sports, uh, Blazers of course, uh, Seahawks Football. It says Seahawks Broadcasting, Brian O'Connell, Executive Producer, all that. Uh, Seattle Sounders Soccer and Hillsboro Hops Baseball. So basically. Uh, 
Mariners, Seahawks, minor league teams, soccer teams. Yeah, pretty Blazers. pretty stiff competition, huh? Yeah, I'm, I mean, regardless, uh, <laughs> obviously deserving. Yeah. Um, yes. So and and a, you know a big deal. That's that's what they. I mean, that's not what they work for, but that's the award. That's the top award to show that they're yeah. doing their job well, and they did well. And um, those guys do some, especially um, especially Lamar just does a lot in the community. Um, Lamar Hurd uh, does a lot in the community, uh, whether whether or not it's through basketball or uh, just other other means of community outreach. And um, Calabro is probably the most well spoken game announcer in any professional sport that I've had the privilege of watching. So um, I can only hope to um, gather half as many of <laughs> vocabulary as he has access to. So I mean, that's some high um, praise, dude. Yeah, I mean they're they're super good. I definitely nothing but respect for those guys. Well, and and the last thing I just wanted to cover here before I got a jet is uh, Dame and CJ, their nomination to the USA camp. Who do you think is really going to make those final roster? Do you, do you foresee both CJ and Dame making that roster? Uh, what what do you think? Uh, I think Dame definitely will. I'm going to say probably not for CJ. Hmm. Um, I, I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. It, it seems like there's not as stiff of point guard competition as there might have been in the past, mm. uh, because like, I don't know if Chris Paul will make it, but no, he's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's but they, they might be trying to go for more younger guys that can play for ten, twelve years, um, as opposed to CJ, who's probably got another six, eight, maybe. Um, I mean, probably less considering you think Chris Paul's done so. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they might might go for younger guys instead if they were to bring in someone maybe less qualified than CJ. I think Chris Paul would be... I'm not going to talk well, bad about Chris Paul. Um, <sighs> so one thing, the same day that Vanterpool uh, left the Blazers, there were there was one other piece of news that had two bad, bad parts of it for the Blazers, in my opinion, and that was Alan Crabb was traded to the Nets for Torian uh-huh. Prince. Um, you mean to the you mean from the Nets to the Hawks, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I just lied. Yeah, from the Nets <laughs> to the Hawks, Alan Crab. Uh, so two two pieces of bad news, but it's not all bad. First piece, the the Nets were able to get rid of Crab, and they don't have to pay anything else on it. They got a good player out of it, and they're not paying. We're still paying for Alan Crab because of the Ugh. trade. I, I'm not paying anything. The Blazers are paying for Alan Crab because <laughs> they traded for Andrew Nicholson and they stretched his contract. And they're still paying for that, uh, whereas the Nets now aren't, and they have a good player out of it in Torian Prince. It's bad because I also wanted the Blazers to trade for Torian Prince. Uh, the reason why yeah. it's okay is the Nets gave up two first-round picks for it. So, oh oof, man, rough. Um, that's a that's a. It's it's one first-round pick, one protected first-round pick, and I think they get a second out of it, but still yeah. a pretty steep price. And while we're talking about trades, I'll get this in real quick. Um, we talked about free agents. The best way the Blazers are going to improve the roster is obviously through trades. We've talked before the Blazers are going to be stuck in cap hell for the next eternity because they're about mm-hmm. to give Damian the biggest contract you've ever heard of. Um, mm-hmm. So the Blazers are not going to have any cap space anytime soon. They're not going to be able to improve the roster that way. They can, however, make trades, and the biggest spots are obviously going to be at the small forward and power forward position. Um, especially if we can keep CJ uh, in in a good trade. Most of the small forwards are free agents that are really good and potential trade partners. So the only way we're getting them is in a sign-in trade for like Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, 
Um, Kawhi Leonard, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, so those are pretty dang unlikely. There's a few power forwards that are possible. Um, th- there's one shooting guard small forward we could get, DeMar DeRozan, but he doesn't really have three-point range and might be more of a lateral move, if we, especially if we had to trade CJ for him. I don't think I would do that. Um, yeah. But for power forwards, I'm looking at Blake Griffin, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, or Anthony Davis. Even if Anthony Davis leaves, we could talk about pros and cons later. Um, but I'll just give out a couple decent, in my opinion, trade ideas. One is, um, one of them is like Blake Griffin for Evan Turner and Myers Leonard. Throw in a first and maybe a second round pick. And shoot, if the D- Detroit Pistons want caps space relief, they're going to get it after one year because Evan Turner and Myers Leonard will be gone so if, yeah if it just depends on what they want if they're open to it we could get blake griffin in a trade um and i'll give one big trade idea that i have that's just crazy and is not going to happen but if every team for some reason wants to do this i'm looking at the houston rockets who want to move chris paul i'm looking at the pelicans who are gonna have to trade anthony davis and i'm looking at uh the spurs because they find a way to make the trade good um, and that's Blazers get Anthony Davis, Pelicans get Chris Paul and DeMar DeRozan, uh, Spurs get Drew Holiday, and Rockets get CJ and Myers Leonard. So we give up CJ and Myers and get Anthony Davis. I'm sure we throw in a first round pick or two, but that's yeah. my favorite trade that I've been able to conjure up, and it doesn't look too bad for the Yeah, Rockets. I mean... So, uh, maybe I'll put that up in a tweet and see what people think. Well, anything else you got? The only thing I would say is follow and subscribe Peeps and Plaid on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, subscribe on uh, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, the whole lot of it. Uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you all for listening to our first uh, and inaugural season here uh, at Peeps and Plaid. We look forward to bringing you many more. Um, and someday we will be the veterans in the game and uh, be looking back and, and talking about this and um, we, we thank you guys for being uh, such faithful fans and uh, we hope to acquire more of you yeah it, it's been a blast of a first season there's a lot of times where I'm like shoot I wish I would have put more time into it put more energy into it so I'm really looking forward to season two looking forward to see what the Blazers do next year um, and yeah just thank you to everyone who's listened it's been a lot of fun I've learned a ton had a lot of fun had a lot of a great time talking with you, Austin, Absolutely. and meeting up with you. Likewise. We, I mean, we hadn't seen each other in years. Likewise. So, um, it was really cool to be able to do this with you, and I'm uh, really excited for season two. Me too, dude. All right, everybody. Well, you guys uh, enjoy the rest of these finals here, and we will be checking in in not too long. Christian has some obligations here in the coming weeks, uh, so we're going to be trying to locate some uh, guests here for the beginning of our season two. Uh, and maybe get a little bit of finals recap. Just don't crash uh, and like just yeah, so stay tuned. Hesitate when you in a high class, gotta I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah, hesitate. Took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I've been had the drive, just need better brakes. Uh, hesitate when you in a high class, gotta separate. I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah. Hesitate, T- took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I bet had the drive, just need better brakes. Uh, hit him with the hook. Hezzy, CP3, blow by, get ready, can't take my place. Now, nah, way too heavy, and the way you moving now look a bit unsteady. 
See, I know a lot of clowns, but I thought through my moves and it's gonna go down. See, I got the engine running and they hate that sound because they know I'm on the move. Ain't no way I'm gonna lose because I never gotta prove myself. They've been bruising my health, so I had to move on. Might have took too long, but it's done, been dealt. Gonna take off like I got no belt. Gonna get hot, yo, the blow might melt. So I gotta elevate to a higher place and play a mind state when I'm on. Wanna escape and patrol, but escape in my zone. I'm fly, get my cape, and I'm gone. gone.